Welcome to episode 18 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Paul from Humane Made. Enjoy the show. Recording in progress. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. So uh, that 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 just fucking weird time, isn't it? Where nobody knows what fucking day of the week it is. Yeah, it's the festive perineum. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, between it's a the weird between one. the vagina of Christmas and the arsehole of New Year, you have this, <laughs> you have this like the, the chin rest, the chin rest the where fe- you don't know the, exactly the, what's going on. The festive gooch. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. How, how um how was yours, mate? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we hosted. Um, mm. uh, Joanna made way way too many pigs in blankets to the point in which like we're having them in sandwiches. <laughs> I've just had like four now before coming on here. Oh, there's nothing wrong with too many pigs in blankets, mate. No, she's really really fucking made loads. Now she's making soup and she's made a curry out of the turkey and yeah, it's been all right. I've not really not really stopped. I'm fucking worn out by doing nothing. Yeah. But you, did you get a drink on Christmas Day in the end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just driving around all over the place and that. But I did, I did finally settled. We had fucking drive at home and there was this uh, this four by four behind us and I think he had a problem with his headlights. So he had to put his lights on full beam. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like I was getting blinded in the wing mirror and the fucking uh my rear view. But then in front of me, like we were going through all these woods and everything, and it was just a fucking massive shadow in front of me. I just couldn't see anything. So I just started to follow the fucking um the rear lights of the car in front of me. Just, Can you use like, the reflection literally... off your shiny head? Uh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a pa- you've got a particularly crime dome today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, the present Nick's bought for me. She bought me a uh, a skull shaver. Um, mm. This episode is sponsored by Skull Shaver TM. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's really, really fucking good. It's like you know, like the old, the old school um, shavers that are like the circle, yeah, the foil sort of thing. Is it the one yeah, you hold in between your fingers, like you're holding a yeah, cigarette? That, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'm brilliant. to get one. Mm. Yeah, the, the basic ones aren't too expensive as well they're like 50 quid or something they go up to like 140 quid or something like that top of the range ones but really good That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, good yeah Very good yeah do you get any uh any nice sex toys for christmas oh we didn't do presents this year oh right Fair enough. yeah we um just because we had loads of people over we just decided we did we, well we did do presents as much as we did secret santa so there was like 12 of us who did Secret Santa on Christmas Day. Like oh. a ma- maximum of 20 quid, and I just got some vouchers, um, which is fine. It's all I need. And yeah, we didn't. We just decided it was. You were, you were at the age when none of us need anything. Mm. So yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's a fucking. Most people, Nick's in particular, always says to me, it's like, you're so hard to buy for. It's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm a fucking grown-up. I just buy what I want throughout the year. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I have, I have disposable income, so I can, yeah, if I want exactly. something, I fucking buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or I save up for it and buy it. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. you know the, th- the thought's nice and all. And, you know, it's, I think it's the first Christmas in, in like a while that it's like I haven't had a present. And I'm like, what the fuck is that for? 
Yeah. Yeah. Not saying an ungrateful or anything, but you always get those as somebody just desperately trying to buy you a present. Yeah. It's just like, why have you bought me that? Yeah, we do it. We just just agreed not not to do it. It's just, we don't, no one, everyone's obviously feeling the pinch with things. I was like, do people really want to be buying me a, a bookmark or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't need a bookmark. Yeah. I've got a Kindle. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I've got a bookmark. But, um, yeah. Like, <laughs> so we just fucking decided not to bother. Not Sorry, enough, not to like. bother. So today we've got uh, somebody who I would consider quite a good friend now. Um, I like Paul. I don't know what his face looks like. I know it sounds really weird. <laughs> I've spoken to him quite a bit, but I've no fucking idea what he looks like. Well, Paul did a bit of embroidery for a while for us a while ago, and I've heard him like we speak over like voice notes um, fairly regularly. Mm. Um, but he called me like out of the blue, like we we'd sent some embroidery from um, uh, to him for Downcast um, a little while ago, and he called me when I was out on my staff do with the other shop, mm. and my speaker on my phone is fucking knackered. Like when I put it on my, by my ear, so I had to put it on loudspeaker. But it was like eleven o'clock at night. I was pretty pissed. And like he was like he was going, it's Paul from Humane, and I was just didn't understand what the fuck he was saying. And I asked him to repeat it about six times. I was like, sorry, who the fuck are you? And it was yeah, it was Paul. It was Paul. But I love Paul. He's a really good guy. Good um, old Paul. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of experience in the industry as well. Um, yeah, I think he was in it for for quite a while. Then took a step out, and now he's gone back to it. I'm screen printing, but he doesn't. You sure, you're not just auditioning well. for another co-host. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's already said when you kill off Pab, I'm game. He said that to me about you. <laughs> <laughs> I own the domain, fucker. Uh, yeah, but I I own the hearts and minds. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll have to call it if you start it up again. You'd have to call it the Brand Social Podcast. <laughs> no, I'll call it the Brand New Social Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, right, oh, let's, get him in. let's get let's him in. Let's get him in. It's going to be a bit more of a casual one, I think, because we're both Tot- very familiar with Paul. Totally cash. Totally cash. Is he waiting? Is he? Yeah, yeah. I'm letting him in now. Hello. Wee! Right. <laughs> He's got facial going, hair. <laughs> yeah, everyone has, haven't they? Yeah. Well, not the last, but the last guest didn't. Did they not? No, uh, well, uh, didn't get the memo before. Like, you didn't get the memo. You didn't. Grow, you didn't grow any facial hair in time. Why did you let them on? <laughs> we shouldn't have done really. Tempted to kick him out, but he was he was nice enough, wasn't yeah, he? he? Old Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, he's a good lad, Fletcher. Uh, how's things, mate? How's yeah, uh, how's Christmas been? Yeah, it's been pretty chilled. Really, I haven't done too much. Been nice to have a bit of time off. Mm. Spend it with the family and whatever. But no, I haven't done too much. Just eating, really. Yeah. What yeah. about you guys? Same. All, all I've done is eat and sleep and then moan about feeling full. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's all that, that next year though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That and uh that and driving around for me. But yeah, yeah. that's been good. It's been good. Nice uh, nice yeah. chilled one, just spending it with family and that's a or your other ass family. But yeah. Good. You get any uh you get any nice presents? Because um, we didn't send any. <laughs> yeah, still waiting for it to come through. Um, it's postal shots, mate. Yeah, got a few nice bits of nice, um, like sweet chili sauce and some slippers. Got all your general old man presents now, isn't it? Yeah, I've got yeah. slippers. I've got slippers. Yeah. Got a pair of Vans slippers. 
Nice. Fucking well chuffed with them when I saw that. I I went in there. I uh, like we've got like a um, a wardrobe in our bedroom, like a built-in one. And I opened it up and I saw a Vans box and I said to my missus, I was like, "What's that? Who's that for?" It's just like nobody. It's just an empty <laughs> box. I was like, "Shall I open it then?" And she's like, "No, no, no." Yeah, fucking. I mean, she's not very good at hiding stuff if she hid it in your no. shared wardrobe. <laughs> no, she's really fucking not. And she's got the, she's got the worst like lying face as well. She like she if you ask her questions, she's like she's like no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's great. She'd make a terrible spy. Right, should we jump in? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Do it. Right, take, make it happen. Take clothes off. He's naked down from the bottom down anyway, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, do you want to... Um, God, it's feel a bit fucking rusty after after all the, the festivities. I'm like, my brain ain't working. Need um, all it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All me up, Paul. Um, yeah, Just <laughs> <laughs> backing out. <laughs> right. Before we jump into it properly then do you want to tell us who you are what you're doing what your brand is yeah so i'm paul my brand is humane made um it's, there's two parts there's like the screen printing company side and then there's the the clothing brand side and i'm based in Torquay and devon nice that's fun that was incredibly yeah. succinct yeah. <laughs> <laughs> normally people go off on one a little bit and i have a chance I was, to I was, kind of uh, reset myself there and like <laughs> i was waiting because what no, yeah what normally happens is we ask people that and then like we listen and it and there's normally a big long story behind it all um yeah. and then they tell us and then they've answered like seven of the questions that we're planning on asking <laughs> so yeah, then we have I to go I'm, si- a bit of work. I'm sitting here like yeah. ticking off like <laughs> like, don't need to ask that. Don't need to ask that. Don't need to ask that. You're really making us work for our money this evening, Paul. Yeah, Jeez Louise. Have, have you get to ask you ask you get to ask some questions this yeah, week? Yeah, normally what happens is Darcy asks that question, then I don't speak for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit there with me farming me ass, waiting for my turn. Um uh it's not always me thumb, sometimes it's me little finger. Um how how was can I speak? <laughs> uh how was the how was the brand born, Paul? So um I started working on it in 2018, but um I only really launched it about three weeks ago. Um just because of um things like obviously COVID and um, I had a, a bit of a medical problem where my, I had to have a pacemaker fitted and then I had a child oh, and then bought a house and stuff and it just turned into a very manic few years and um, everything just got delayed and delayed um, and sort of all that sort of stuff coupled with like um, like mental health problems and things from just past crap that's happened I just um, sort of kept talking myself out of it and then at the start of this year, I was like, by the end of this year, I'm going to launch my website. And I did it end of November. So it took me 11 months still, but got it done. Um, but my, my original idea for the brand was to sort of go down the sustainable route, use high quality garments, print it all in-house, mm. um, and just try and um, use the profits to do good within the community. Um but that didn't really sit right with me. It sort of felt too vague. Um, I, I sort of overthink everything quite a bit. 
I, even down to my packaging, I spent months just working on box designs, wrapping paper and stickers. And In your defence, they do look fucking cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took a while, but it's just... Um, and then I, I get in my head, like, I'm like, if someone's doing something, mine's got to be better or in some way different. Yeah. And um, so even down to the thing where everyone's like, oh, for everything we sell, we, we plant a tree, which, which is great. Yeah. But from, for me as a consumer, it, it doesn't really mean anything. Like, yeah. it's nice to see, but it's, it's I don't want to say it's like a drop in the ocean, but it's like, I, I prefer to give something where people are like, oh, I'm buying that and it's going to have this impact on something. So I've decided to set it up whereby um, I haven't actually announced it. I'm announcing it in the new year, but everything I sell, I'll make a kid's version and give it to a child that needs it. Um, so cool. it's going to be like, it's like the, the sort of one for one thing that quite a lot of businesses do. But um, I'm sort of <laughs> starting off in my local community, working with a couple of charities, giving them a, a load of stuff that they're going to distribute. Awesome. Your your own kids have got loads of clothes then, have they? Yeah, well, he's got a beanie. <laughs> he keeps growing out of everything. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? I'll do the same yeah. with mine. I started printing like kids' clothes with downcast for mine, and then he just grows and grows and grows. It's like I'm not fucking printing you a t-shirt every time. Like, yeah. No chance. But yeah, I've made what... quite a few like knockoff vans things and a few other bits. Yeah, yeah. But... You want to get a t-shirt with a big slab of velcro on the front just print the design once on a, on a velcro patch and every time it gets bigger just pull it off and put it on the new one it's a good on idea your, um, on your um packaging and that then are you printing that yourself or are you outsourcing it i did try it but the boxes were too big to fit on my board so i made a bigger board right. but it, it just it was just a faff and yeah. i wanted them to look good so there's a, a local company that does it and i, I went with them just to Make sure they looked as good as I could have them look, really. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking to you about them. I, I think they look really The ones you did look really good. Yeah, yeah they, I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. Yeah, it's the yeah. all over print. That's for me what kind of does it. It's like I want to do, um, I want to get like your kind of standard size t shirt boxes, you know, like obviously talking from Inky Cow here, not Downcast, but like, you know, when we're shipping stuff to customers and everything, and just have blank boxes with like Inky Cow screen print code on it, and then our contact details and stuff. And I think that's yeah. fairly easy to do, but when you're trying to do like the all over stuff and everything, it's a right fucking pain in the ass, I imagine. But it's just a nightmare lining them up, unless you've got like the vacuum thing to hold it down. Yeah. Just they just slide about, and you end up with the, the creases not being in the right place. And yeah it, yeah it just gets a mess you can buy um vacuum platen attachments for t-shirt mm. presses yeah or you can make just, one yeah stick henry on the bottom of it or something yeah. uh, holes. <laughs> <laughs> there's always oh. like i was watching a um not about clothing but a video about this I'm, i've got a thing about knives like folding knives i've, I've got a collection and i watch videos and stuff on them because i'm a weirdo listeners pav's like pav like stabbing people <laughs> no <laughs> no i just like knives and um <laughs> i've realized i'm not doing myself any favors here and and there was this like there's this one knife brand that um is really expensive what well, in the knife world they're relatively expensive but they're not like the most expensive and they're like between six and eight hundred dollars a knife um and they but they come in a plastic bag, like a plastic Ziploc bag, like you, like you put your sandwiches in. And um, the, the guy who makes them got loads of flat is that, over it. Is that so they don't leave any prints? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But the, the guy, he's the guy literally makes them by hand. Like he he forges the metal and everything and grinds them down and like every single one of them is made by hand. And he just he he had to release a video on it. And he was like, look. I know you're all used to receiving things in really beautiful, lovely packaging, but I'm only one dude and I'm trying to make these as affordable as possible. If you want to spend an extra like hundred quid on a box like per knife so that you can either leave it in your cupboard and it get dusty or never look at it again or throw it away. Said, I'm happy for you to do that, but I'd rather put that hundred quid towards the manufacturer of the knife and make you yeah. make you a better product. So there's there's, uh, there's two schools of thought with that. I think it's really lovely to have. It's not something I think I'd ever do personally, um, but anyone yeah. who does it, I really admire because I, I, I can't, I haven't got the energy for things like that. <laughs> it is a lot of work. I, I sort of got into clothing through brands like Johnny Cupcakes and the, all the stuff that they do with their packaging. And I was like, that's cool. I want to do stuff like that. Mm. Um, but theirs is just like another level. It's just, obviously full colour, full wrap, high, yeah. ridiculously high quality, and it's just unachievable at this level. I like novelty, box, and that sounds really weird, I like novelty stuff. Like, yeah. if it comes in and you're like, what the fuck is that in that sort of box? And then you're like, oh, oh, that's that's kind of cool, that's a bit different. And if it, like, fits yeah. with the theme of it. Um, and things yeah, like, like you that. do, where, where, you, where you're doing, like, an all-over, and it is, like, it's not just a box you've slapped a logo on, it is, like, like yeah. basically your entire ethos on the box. I totally get it, but I think that that yeah, they're two they're two in two extremes. You need to sort of fit into one of them, really. Yeah. How does that guy with the knives feel about you keeping your sandwiches in his bags? He doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford one of those knives anyway. I'd love one. I would love one. Yeah, Bloody Christmas just, list for next year. Fab just bought the bag. Yeah. <laughs> just getting just getting a random clear bag shipped over from America. <laughs> That's what he does on the side. He, he sells knives and then he sells Tupperware and plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck it. That was the most middle-aged present I got for uh, for Christmas was Tupperware. Ooh. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I asked for it. Yeah. it like what my, sort my of Tupperware, Tupperware is it? Fuck. It's the the stuff with the nice seal and like the clicky sides. Yeah, and nice. Like, yeah. We got these things recently, that. right? And they're like they're like rubber bonnets, is how I describe them. They got like a they're about oh, that I know what you, mean. Yeah, 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 you know exactly. I'm gonna, yeah, and you yeah. stretch those yeah. fucking. And I, I had some, like, they're great. You need to cover the cream up. And I was like, what? And, the, and I did it, and I was like, these are a fucking game changer. The second I did it, yeah. I was like, I am old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put them over bowls. You put yeah. them over yeah. your, over your willy if you like. You know. Just, Oh no, it wouldn't fit. Wouldn't fit on mine, mate. No, no. I'm fine with small enough. No, <laughs> just just fall off. <laughs> it's like a willy, oh, but smaller. Like putting a sombrero on a pepperoni. <laughs> <sighs> oh Jesus fucking Christ! Right, where were we? <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's my uh, it's my question next. I think I think it's yeah, my go question. On. Go um, for it. How'd you come up with the name? Is there like a story behind it? It's a bit of a Ron Seal name, really. I know, but like, yeah, this it is what it is. Really, I I spent ages trying to think of one, and then it just came to me one day. I was like, that works. I'll go with that. Nothing interesting or exciting about it, really. Um, it just sort of, I, I wanted a name that didn't sort of say that it was a print company or a clothing brand, so that it could cover both sides of it, mm. and it sort of 
fitted for that. So yeah, I just went with that. I think it works. Like it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pun as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, I do like a pun. But yeah. the, the really annoying thing is, is that I give a lot of people my website remit address, and everyone misses out the e in humane, so mm-hmm. they send it to human made. And then like, have you had my email? I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> no, I have to. Whenever I give it to one, I'm like, you have to remember the e in between human and made. It's it's gone to some weird Etsy website where they make stuff out of human yeah. skin. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably like, that owns it. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> is, is can you screen print this this uh, metal band design <laughs> on somebody's fucking chest piece? Yeah, it, put, it puts the lotion on its skin, then it gets screen printed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <fuck. sighs> I like I, I like a name like that. That's like, it's you've got your sort of ethos within the name, which is yeah. cool, and 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 it it makes a lot of sense because if you've got like, it's very easy when you're a screen printer, particularly to fall into the name with the the the, the, the trap of thinking, oh, I've got to have the word like, I've got to have the word print in it. I've got to have the word screen in it, and 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 what I realised re- relatively early on, thankfully, is that. Anyone who's looking for printing and stuff doesn't actually know necessarily that it's called screen printing. So yeah, calling yourself yeah. anything with that in doesn't really I mean you may as well call yourself the 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 garment guy or the mm. t shirt twat. Yeah. Or or the clothing you went for, wasn't it? chap. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so there's, it, there's, it, my, it, there's my whole business gone down the drain now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is it's it's clever having your like you're, you're humane and that your sort of whole thing in that one word is annoyingly clever yeah. actually i think it works yeah we, we were originally going to call um inky cow just inky cow print co and then i was yeah. like I, I think it just flows better with screen print co i don't know whether that's just me being fucking anal about it but i just like how it sounds and it's i have considered before kind of merging like downcast and inky cow and just doing it as like downcast print co and then downcast apparel but it's like I'm too kind of far into it now to like suddenly go, oh, hey, guys, we've changed our name. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I just wish I thought of that sooner, to be honest. I always used to think that you um, were sort of like a tattooist for cows, if I'm honest. Like... I don't just do cows. Oh. <laughs> the occasional sheep, oh. the old llama. Oh, the pierced pig. You've got inky cow, the pierced pig. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a tattoo shop down the road in Brighton called Blind Pig. So I could, uh, could do a collab, collab with them at some point. You should do. Yeah. It's a yeah. genius yeah. idea. Yeah. There's nothing quite yeah. like a collab. Mm. Collab. Yeah. Um, to kind of is um humane then is this your kind of first venture into the brand world then no i've been in it for about um coming up to 20 years um so i i had my first brand when i was i think 17 17 18 i i owned a shop which um was a big mistake. I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. My my parents basically gave me a bit of money to set up my little business, 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to open a shop that sells all these brands that I like. So I just stocked Atticus, Macbeth, Famous Thousand Scraps, um, Low Life, and a few others. And then in my head, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. It's going to do really well. And opening weekend was like really successful. And I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then um, I realized that people couldn't go into my shop and buy anything less than like 30 quid. So it was like it very quickly turned into a, a payday shop where people would come in and buy a few bits. But yeah. in between that, they couldn't really afford to every day or so go and buy a 30 quid famous size and strap t-shirt. And um, so I thought I need something cheap that I can either give away as a promo or that people can buy cheap. So I just put a design together, stuck it on a t-shirt. Um, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I didn't even know what screen printing was or anything. And um, I was just driving through town and I saw this print shop with a t-shirt in the window and I went in and I was like, oh, can you print this on some t-shirts for me? And it was like, yeah, minimum order is a hundred t-shirts. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Oh. So I got those made. Yeah, this that's is quite a while ago. And yeah, I mean, everywhere was around that sort of almost 20 years ago. Yeah, like, you couldn't really get 12 t-shirts done. Well, I suppose um, at the time you like screen printers weren't like competing with DTGs and so much, yeah. and, and and the home vinyl. We're, we're like weeds so now. It, it didn't having having a bit yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I like weeds. So I, yeah, so I just went with him, got hundred t-shirts made, and they were gone in about two days. And then people were asking for more of them. And like, it, was, it was the worst design. It was awful. It was literally like a, a square with eyes with little legs and little arms, single colour print, and it said Robo Love underneath it. And um, yeah, I had people asking for more, more designs of this brand. And I was like, okay, I'll make something else. So I drew a toaster. Again, it was just line work, just a rectangle with this little guy popping up the top. And it said, make love, not toast. <laughs> and over the course of <laughs> over the course of about a year and a half. I sold about five thousand of them through it to my <laughs> shop. <and then> I <laughs> Are you taking a piss? No. Five thousand, <laughs> at least, if not more. I I, oh. I got into a few shops. There's this. Do you remember like um, Attitude Clothing and Grind yeah, Stores yeah. online yeah. shops? I was their biggest selling brand for a year and a half with this Make Love Not Toast T-shirt. Being like number two on their top selling t-shirts. Jesus, man. And and my, the thing is, like, like I say, almost twenty years ago, it was just easy because because there, there was like higher minimum order quantities, less people were doing it. It was a like nowhere near as accessible as it is now. And like even the marketing, you didn't have really social media. There's Facebook, I think, not Facebook, MySpace, yeah. and that was about it. So I was just going online as like a sort of, I guess, naive teenager, just emailing all these big companies and just being like, will you stock my brand? And they were all like, yeah, sure. Like, not really asking any questions. Had a few meetings, sort of drove up to Bath and um, I can't remember where they were from, Leicester, I think. I had like a meeting with, um, I think they called it Extreme Pie. They had like the export channel. Mm. And that they like contacted me to go to them with my catalog, and I turned up with this A3 sheet with like six little pictures printed, <laughs> <in it. laughs> and they ordered like a hundred of each. And it's like I say that the, the designs were awful. Like 
by doing what, what people put out today with like all these nice, really good artists doing cool stuff, back then no one was doing it. So it was a really unique thing. And then I went to um, this um, trade show called London Edge, which is like an alternative fashion um, exhibition at the, the something in London. What's it called? The big exhibition centre. Oh, what, the XL? Uh, XL. Yeah, the XL, yeah. And there was, um, there was one other clothing brand there, which was called Paint the Stars, and they were pretty big. And, I recognise um, that name. Yeah, it's like an early 2000s or mid-2000s emo brand. Yeah, yeah. And um, a couple of really nice guys that ran it and stuff, but them and us were the only brands there. And we, we between us, we must have sold so many T-shirts. Um, but I ended up coming away from that being stocked in about 30 different shops across across the world uh, across the world. And I was like, this is mental. I was like shipping these horrible t-shirts out to like um <laughs> Italy and France and stuff. But even back then, like I was because of being into like Johnny Cupcakes and stuff, I was into the packaging. So I was like tagging everything. My mum was sewing the labels into everything. So I guess even back then, I was still putting in that extra effort, even though the the designs weren't much and whatever. But um, yeah, it lasted, it lasted for about two years, and then um, I sort of, I think I got scared to be honest. It was getting big, and I couldn't really, um, I didn't know what I was doing. The business sort of outgrew me, and I just stopped. I just thought, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go get a job and leave this i don't know why like looking back it was a terrible idea but um i just didn't know what i was doing and everything was scary about getting big um so i went i went and got a job worked for a few years and then i was like oh, i really miss running a clothing brand so i'm gonna do it again um i started my next brand which was called the breakfast club which was quickly abbreviated tv club just because you couldn't find it online if anybody searched for it because of the film and whatever else mm-hmm. Um, that only lasted for again about a year and a half. I had two business partners who like, I, I took on after I started it. One who was a designer, and another one who was just a friend to help with packing because it got pretty busy. Um, we had some pretty cool designs. He was a good artist. Um, we we did like they're like black and white half tone prints of like um, which was like Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn, and they're just like covered in tattoos and stuff. And um, with that one, we mostly did uh, like festivals. So we went to NAS and Boardmasters and went to Grows Rock in Belgium, which was really cool. Um, sold pretty well wherever we went, so it was good. Um, but then I basically got really screwed over by the two guys and had a really bad um mental health breakdown because of it and sort of folded it all up went to the tip and just chucked everything in the skip deleted the website (laughs) just got rid of it basically um and then after that it was sort of in and out of um sort of severe depression probably for about four years um i attempted suicide a couple of times off the back of it which was pretty brutal um and when i came out of that i was like i want to start a mental health clothing brand because i was like this is really important to me Mm. but i quickly sort of realized that although it was important to me it was becoming my identity of being depressed and i sort of needed to step away from it 
Yeah. So I just gave up on that, had a bit of a break, and then decided I wanted to do Humane Made. So, yeah, a bit of a long story, but... No, no, that's fine. So, that where... is fucking roller coaster of a journey, mate. That is yeah. unreal. <laughs> like, it's went, been up and down. <laughs> it went from, like, you just casually mentioning that you sold 5,000 T-shirts to being fucked over by some business partners to attempted yeah. suicide. Oh. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's unreal. Down. I need to, uh, it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. I'm, I'm. I mean, that, do you think you're obviously you're you're quite granular with your how your brand is now? Do you think that's from basically not wanting to trust someone else to do something because of how you were before? Yeah, definitely. I, I've I've lost a lot of trust in people, um, mm-hmm. and I've sort of as a result, it's been a struggle to get to where I am with the brand now because. I, I can't design. Like if you looked at the old Robolove stuff, you'd go, what the fuck's that? Um, I, I've, I think I have fairly good ideas, but I, I can't make them. So I have to rely on artists. So I've opted for the Indonesians who <laughs> seem fairly trustworthy. Send my yeah. ideas to you and they make them for me. Mm. There's some fucking incredibly ta- talented artists out there. We've we're, worked we're, we're with yeah. a few of them. It's like, I, th- I can't remember who it was. We had this discussion with but it was like they're normally the artists that i kind of go to not because they're the most cost effective but they're gen generally the ones that i feel are kind of i think more capable is the wrong kind of word but i don't know it's just the style i'm looking for they've learned it somewhere yeah. and i don't know where the fuck it is i want to learn that kind of style that i'm after but i just can't fucking find it it's like but there seems to be that little pocket of designers in indonesia that are doing very similar stuff and it's just like yeah. nothing that i've ever seen anywhere else and it's just fucking yeah, yeah it's, it's just really cool i mean there's obviously <clears throat> obviously the added benefit that they're a lot cheaper than over here like you know you find a designer like that over <laughs> here it's like how much is it for a one-off design it's like i don't know thousand pound you know yeah or 500 quid yeah. or whatever it's like because that's the sort of thing that i'm quoting when people come to me for design but i don't really do much design work anymore that's how i kind of got yeah. into all this but yeah 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 it's good stuff it, man it's good stuff it's generally same day turnaround as well which is cool <laughs> yeah. message of an idea in the morning you've got it by the time you go to bed you print it the next yeah. day yeah no it's yeah. cool how does that fit with your like humane made thing though? Because are they like, I don't know how this works. I've never, I've never had to do this with artists. So they generally like self-employed. So yeah, yeah, is that how it works? Yeah, I think so. I I get the impression that they're just sort of a group of freelance guys. That the ones that I use just seem to be hanging out by lakes all day with their iPads yeah. or whatever, drawing. Just that's literally yeah. all they're doing. And it's like you know, on the on the cost thing, it's kind of like. I think the cost of living over there is obviously so much fucking less than over here. So for them, that's like $40, $50, whatever for a design. It's like that, that'd be yeah. our three, four, 500 quid. So oh, it sounds like a terrible spot. life. Oh, I can't think of anything yeah. worse than doing that. <laughs> fucking live in the sun by a lake and just draw all day. Fucking sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where did the kind of screen printing side of it come from then? How did you get into that? So when I had my first brand, um, the, the screen printer I used was, was really good. He was a, a really good screen printer. And I'd go in to like pick up my stuff and every now and again, he'd be he'd be printing and I'd have a look, but oh, that looks interesting. But he would never really tell me what he was doing or talk about it. It was all very secretive. Mm. Um, 
And then about a year or so into the business, I had contacted the distributor for the UK of, of Famous Styles and Straps because I bought from them for my shop, so I had a contact there. And I was like, would you take on my brand and wholesale it for me? And they were like, yeah, sure. Um, we're definitely interested. We've got a shop in um, Camden Market where we try all new brands to see how they sell. Um, send us a box up. We'll monitor it for a month. And then based on the sales, we'll know how to pitch it. So I went to my printer. I was like, oh, I need this, this stock for, to send to these people as quickly as possible. Because I can't squeeze anything in for about a month. And I was like, I can't wait that long. So I went online and found a company to do it. And um, because I was in a rush, I sort of had the stock sent straight from them to the customer. And then didn't think much of it. But about a week after they received it, they phoned me up and was like, you've sent us a box of shit. And I was just like, what do you mean? And they were like... The prints are peeling off, like they oh, they crack. No. They're, they're really thick and clumpy, and I, uh. I I had never seen bad screen printing stuff because I'd only dealt with this one guy, didn't have a lot of experience in other stuff really. I was like, oh, send it down to me and I'll take a look. So they sent it, and it was just the, the worst printing I'd ever seen. Oh. Um, they they refused the, the print shop refused to talk to me about it. They just like ignored my calls or didn't reply oh, to emails sorry. and then my screen printer he went out of business um he basically invested a load of money into making die cast belt buckles for himself and um i don't think it worked out what? Well. was was he was he very, very was he strapped niche. for cash <laughs> <laughs> that, is, oh. that is such a sideways move yeah so, um, yeah, I, I struggled to find a printer after that, really. And then I, I sort of, DTG started coming about and I had a couple of bits made up on DTG. And back then when you, you couldn't really do prints on dark stuff because of the, what the process was at the time, it was just all rubbish, like, didn't work. So um, when I started the next brand, I was like, I don't want to risk outsourcing to someone else. Watching this YouTube video, it looks really easy. So I'm going to order some stuff and do it myself. <laughs> And it was obviously an absolute nightmare. Uh, Which YouTube video did you watch? Which one was it? I think the first one I watched was... It was one of the really early Ryanette ones. I can't remember which one, but it just looked easy. Um, So I I went onto eBay and I bought a... um, It was a one-station, two-colour, wicked printing stuff press. No. And it was second hand. My, and it my came condolences. With, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it came with a flash and a um, one of those workbench-like things that you hang over the screen oh. with a sheet of glass and um, a couple of screens and emulsion and whatever. And I spent about two weeks trying to make a screen with it using this stuff they'd sent. Obviously, didn't know that emulsion had a, sel- a shelf life. It had already been pre-mixed. And every time I tried to make a screen, it was just washing off or whatever else. My exposure time was around half an hour when I finally got it working. And um, I was doing it in my granddad's garage and like washing it out of a hose and then running up to his shower so I could finish it off in there. It took me, I think, six months to work out how to use it. And I wasn't using it well. It was, it was, a, it was a mess. But 
I, I thought it was good. Like, it, was, it was better than the shit stuff I'd seen, but not as good as the good stuff I'd seen. So it was sort of in the middle. I was like, this is good enough. I'm going to go with it. And I only have had one complaint, which was my, my first job I had, which was printing for someone's dad. It was for his paintball team. Sent him the T-shirts and they came off after the first wash. And I was like, Google, why has this happened? And then it obviously turned out I had to flash it for longer. So, But after, after that, from so when, when was that? I was probably about 15 years ago. I just decided to just gradually upgrade all the equipment just kept reinvesting whatever I made and finally got a fairly good setup from it. Yeah, what, what they should do with those like beginner videos is rather than the person that's been screen printing half their life doing it, they should record, they should film themselves talking through a complete novice doing it. Yeah. Because when, when, when you've been doing it a little while, it feels really easy because you've, mm fucked up so many times it's become you, you've done you haven't done it so many times that you that you get it right you've done it so many times that you can't get it wrong that, that that's that, that's yeah, how yeah. it ends up being so like you think oh well, this is really easy and you film yourself doing it and it's easy blah 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 if you film someone else doing it even just coating a screen you'd be like Boom, emotional over the floor like and maybe mm. people will go maybe I'll, maybe i'll go and have a class somewhere first before i sort of do it th- th- those videos are great but they're really yeah. misleading, I think, in my opinion. I, I think, yeah. with like, kind of like when you watch like the videos and stuff, and it's like, this is how you hold a squeegee, and it's kind of like, this is the angle you're supposed to hold out. And it was kind of like, I, I think everybody kind of like puts together their own slightly different technique of like whether it's angles, pressures, how you hold the squeegee and stuff. But mm. I, I sprayed my wrist just before Christmas. Like, I've spoken to both of you about this. And luckily, I was only doing. Don't ask how, listeners. From... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was luckily only doing what like, small front prints by the end of it. And like, I had to hold the squeegee in such a fucking weird way. I was like a caveman. I was literally gripping it at the sides like that because it was the only way that felt comfortable and like wouldn't, I literally wouldn't wince every time I fucking pulled. Like, if I held it from the top, there was just something at the top of my wrist that would just like tense and my fucking hand would just start shaking like that. So it's like grip, like death grip it at the side and it fucking worked. And it was like, it, it required a lot more mental like concentration because I was like, I've got to make sure I'm so consistent with this because it was like a three color as well. So like, if it was a single color, it's like, it's fine. It's, that, it's, it's going that's more or less screen. how I hold a squeegee. I have like, imagine that's yeah. the size of the top. I hold it like with my hands on the corners. So my hands are like relatively upright. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't give me much pain unless I'm trying to force a, a really thick ink through a through a fine mesh. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem to cause me many issues. Yeah. But maybe maybe maybe, it's, maybe maybe your techniques are shit, Darcy. You know. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even. I tried pushing with it as well, and that was fucking worse. It hurt more. I can't get on with. Like I can't get on with pushing no, at all. I can't. I can't get the on only, with it. The only time I do. Um, and this isn't every time. The only time I do is when I'm doing like really fine half tone work through a really high mesh cam, like a 120 or a 90. Just yeah. because it's it's less effort. Mm. But, you know. We'll let yeah. you off. When I when I first started screen printing, I didn't really didn't really understand the difference in meshes or anything. And all my screens were sort of 90 and above. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look at it's like all, all every single one of my screens was a 43. Is that you've no, got the complete opposite direction? Yeah, yeah, fucking hell. But, um, <laughs> I was trying to print white ink through it, oh. and obviously, like, oh, 
it wasn't even a nice white ink. It would have been some sort of cheap ship from um, either Wicked Printing Stuff or Art 2 Screen Supplies or something like that. And it was like their sort of generic brand, and it was it was so thick. Like I know white is yeah. obviously thick anyway, but this stuff was hard. Like and it, it was obviously secondhand and probably been half cured or something. It was impossible. So, uh, but then my my next brand, the, the one that did all the half tone stuff, the screens are perfect for that. But it was all black print, so it came out fine. What so um, they what came in handy now. Uh, mostly um, international coatings, plastisol stuff, or oh, a bit stuff. Of, uh, yeah, I've got a few pots of white and black Wilflex that are nice, but I I I, I spent ages I mean arguing about whether to go plastisol or water based for the whole humane thing, and um, really yeah. environmentally, there's not much in it. I know there's arguments on both sides. Um, mm for my setup the way i operate is most of it's printed to order just to keep um surplus stuff from being made so being able to print one at a time and put the screen back to one side and then set it up again for another print mm. just worked perfectly i don't think there's much in it like now i think like yeah obviously before it was a bit i mean I printed yeah, like they, were, they used 10 to years ago so. nasty stuff in plastic yeah yeah now they sort yeah. of had to well, so much so that you couldn't use it for like fucking kids' clothing and shit yeah. like that. It had yeah. to be like specialist yeah. fucking like water-based or like mm. you know high-grade fucking plastic or shit. But I don't, I don't see a huge amount of difference in it now. I think I've I've learned with water-based. Like the other shop I work at, I print plastic sole. Um, my main fucking gripe with plastic sole is the fucking mess. It does my fucking head in. It gets everywhere. It's just. It, I it, think it just, if, it just if fucking you, multiplies. It's if like, you'd started off as a plastisol printer, you uh, probably wouldn't have that problem because, like, I think you yeah. inherently water based. Just, it's just so clean. I can literally just wipe it off with water. Yeah, and that's it. It's but fucking, I, I, you just yeah, just don't yes, make a mess with plastisol. That, that, that's the trick. Just don't make a mess with it. But the thing, I'm, with I'm plastisol, you can really scoop it up clean... and dangle it from your spatula. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. No, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm a really clean printer, and I'm, my press is fucking still immaculate after fucking two and a half years of use. Like, it hasn't got a fucking ink splodge on it. Like, and that's not yeah. through me being like, oh, I need to scrub that off instantly. Just, I just don't really make that much of a mess, and I've always just kind of been like that sort of thing but with plastisol it just seems so much harder because you get a bit on the end of your finger you know it's somewhere else yeah like it's it's, yeah. it's jumped off your finger to somewhere else and, and fucked another little plastisol bead somewhere like you know and then turned into red and now it's on all of your white shirts that have just come off the end of the dryer but yeah, there sorry. is something about red ink like red ink can't not get everywhere somehow I don't know yeah. if you guys find that, but you, yeah. you open a pot of red, you get a little bit on your finger, and before mm. you know it, that red ink is everywhere. Yeah, I, I every had, other colour seems fine. I uh, when I bought my setup, I bought a lot of my stuff. I bought used, um, and a guy gave me a shitload of it was like brand new Union inks, and one of them was magenta, and he'd opened it to show me, and then closed it. And then I put I picked them all up, put them in the van. There's like 16 like of the big gallon tubs of this stuff full. And I put them all in the van and I got home and I picked them all up. And Magenta was the last one because the first one I'd looked at. And I picked it up and I obviously had swiped it along the side of my trousers and I picked it up and not realised it. I was finding bits of pink all over the fucking house. <laughs> like I'm thinking, 
fuck is going on? Why is there pink everywhere? And it just were just like brushed up against stuff for, for like three or four days. I was trying to hunt down the source of this pink ink. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's great about water based. It's like I know that I can wipe it on my trousers, and because it's such a thin layer of ink, I know in about two minutes it's dry. It's mm. fucking great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love it. So while, while we're on what the subject is, of your... Oh, no, you go on. You're going to say something. Go on. I was just going to say, what, what I find interesting about print is, like you say, the, obviously over time it becomes second nature and you find it easy and you sort of forget mm. that were those hard times. And when I had my, my old shop, my clothing brand, I had like the, the storefront area, then through like a archway was my press and I did sort of live printing as people came in and bought the stuff. So like they'd pick the design off the wall, pick the garment they wanted on, and then I'd make it. And on like the one year anniversary of the shop, I let people print their own one. And in my head, I was just like, oh, it's easy. You just push the squeegee or pull the squeegee, yeah. whatever. Mm. Not a single customer managed it. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like how, how? Like, you, you do forget that there's those times where not every print would come out perfect or it would come out a bit patchy and... It's mm. that even, even consistent pressure, isn't it? The same angle that obviously makes the print happen. And when you tell someone to do that, they, for some reason they can't do it first time. It's, it's strange. Yeah, that's why I think generally live printing needs to be live printing on uh, the printer doing it, not people getting involved. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I, I like yeah, I like fun, the though. idea of like the you know print your own shirt sort of thing, but it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about it in like in principle. It's um, yeah. people are fucking idiots. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, ima- imagine trying it. to imagine letting Pav print a t-shirt. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? They'd just be there with hands full of plastic, so just lobbing i've got a um when, 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 when i'm printing i've got an, i've got overalls i've got either, either overalls or a, a apron that i wear um and yeah. and i just i've got like into the habit of like, like, a, I've, like a penny yeah like a penny but it's made of <laughs> it's made of canvas and it's got like leather pockets and stuff it's quite I've, cool I, i've got one of them and I've, i was like I've, i used to wear it for reclaim and then i was like i look like a twat I love mine. I love mine. What I've got into the habit of doing now is it's sort of like my way of ending the job is I'll, I don't get a lot of ink in my hands generally, but when the job's done, I wipe my hands on the overalls or the pin or the pinny, whatever you want to call it. And then I run it through the tunnel dryer. So like, right. that's, that's like the end of every that, job. It's like, not just look like you've been rubbing yourself though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got some marks in some very strange places. What are we like? On, on the subject of um, printing and that, and th- th- this is actually, we can sort of direct it more towards your brand and with this question as well. What does your setup actually look like? Like, do you carry a lot of stock? I know you said you do things to order, but do you carry a lot of blank stock for things? Like, is it all done in the studio? Do you have like a, a stock room elsewhere or how, how does it, how does it all work? So my setup's a little bit weird in that I basically work for an embroidery company and they've got, they had a spare room, which they've given me to have my screen print set up in. So all my stuff oh, cool. at my workplace. Um, so I mean, I'm sort of quite limited on space. I've basically got, I think three or four boxes of 
of blank stock, which is I only use Continental for my clothing brand. Nice. Um, so I've got a box of EP18s, a few EP18 long sleeves, and a few hoodies, just like the stuff that's sort of sold regularly. When I sell yeah. out of a, a size, I'll just order a few more and just top it up. So I can do quick turnaround without holding too much stock. Um, people only really want black T-shirts, occasionally white. So just keep those on the shelf, really. Um, is there anything else in that question? Uh, I'm completely blank. It's just, just basically about your set. Basically, <laughs> your the logistics of your brand basically was the yeah. was the nuts and bolts that question so if you want to just like is there anything more you want to say about how you physically operate in that in that respect um i've i've, I've made it very difficult for myself with all of the packaging i've obviously got all the boxes and paper printed ready <laughs> but <laughs> none, none of it's made up so whenever i get an order i've got a fold a box glue it together sort of got oh, eggs that i hold it all in place so I, the, the boxes I bought, they don't hold their shape unless you glue the tabs at the back. So I have to glue them all together and then obviously wrap everything in this wrapping paper, put the sticker on to seal it. Takes quite a bit of time. Is there no way you could like those bits, tabs that stick together? Can you not put like really strong like double side carpet tape on them, get them all ready to go? And then when you want to do it, just whip, rip the top bit of the double sided tape off and just push them together. But that not work? Maybe the, the reason I went down the glue route is because I found a vegan friendly glue. Oh, okay, so right. I'd need to do research to find out if the carpet tape vegan, but it's a good shout, it'd be a lot easier than using pegs and stuff. Yeah, I suppose like you, you're backing yourself into a corner otherwise, really, aren't you? The, yeah. other, the, the other one would be um, contact adhesive. If you can get a vegan contact adhesive, you can put that contact yeah. adhesive on now and leave it for a month, and then when you're ready, just think, mm. as soon as you push those two bits together they're not coming apart yeah. again. And then you could batch them all out and get it all done in one go. Yeah, but the boxes are all stacked, so they're not glued together. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my so God, if, if I had your brand, I'd, I'd, I'd dread selling anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nightmare every day. I had, like, six of these boxes to make up in one go, and I just sat there, like, pegs everywhere, glue everywhere. Can you imagine if this is when it. you had your Robo Love T-shirts and you had five thousand of them to do? Yeah, I'd be getting the mass made and uh, ready folded. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's the thing that's appealing to me with doing kind of like the custom boxes with Inky Cow is like I know I can literally just print them and set them to one side, and then I'm just going to put tape on them anyway. You know, like we don't. Yeah. That's what we've done is we have the. Um, of like paper mailers sort of thing and i bought one of the stamps they use for like pizza boxes so it's a stamp like that big yeah is, i don't know fucking six inches by three and a half inches whatever it is and i literally just stamp every bag like when we get orders come in and that it's yeah. like it's minimal but it just it works pretty effectively you know i'd love mm. to have like fucking cool uh, um full like um custom packaging that bit just can't justify the cost of it we did do it when we started and we had these like yeah. awesome like white mailers um that had all our branding with like a few little designs on it and stuff like that. and they look fucking awesome but we had to order a thousand of them and that was in one size as well so it was oh. like, it, it was a struggle to fit a hoodie in them and in reality yeah. it should have gone for a, a lot bigger a size it was kind of like you could fit a few t-shirts in um yeah uh yeah it's 
schoolboy era, but we were starting out, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big, and I want like custom packaging and all this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I saw a really yeah. cool, this is going to sound really weird now, I saw a really cool tape dispenser the other day, and it's not one of those like paper ones. It's like you can basically choose what tape you want as long as the tape's see-through, and it's got, you know, the, right. the tape guns? Yeah. It's one of those, yeah. but it's got a roller on it with ink, and they print your logo on the roller. So when you oh, when yeah. you run when you run the tape across it, it prints your logo on the sticky side of the tape, and then it just sticks right. straight down. So you got to wait wait for it to dry or anything. That's um, cool. That's so cool. I'm, I'm half tempted to get one of those for uh, for for dog horse just yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for strapping things up because you also haven't got to yeah. worry like say in like a year's time you change something on the brand or change your logo. You don't have to buy a whole new thing. You just contact them and go right. I need a new roller. This is the roller design, mm. or whatever. Because especially made yeah, tape gun, and they just send you another roll. Or if you've got two brands, you could have yeah. different rollers for each brand. Or if you've got your print shop and your brand or whatever, you can do that. Yeah. So it might be yeah, worth yeah, thinking about something cool. like that. Yeah. I picked up a, yeah. uh, a one of those tape roller things today for for nothing. Picked it up for free. Somebody was fucking getting rid of it on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, I've yeah, got, I love that. I've got the. Um, I yeah. saw a video on it was on it was on the internet. It was fucking ages ago. And it was about someone on the, wall, sorry, Pat. On, on on the, the internet, on the internet, <laughs> there's this new thing called the internet. All right. Yeah. And I saw this a video on it. It's like pictures, but they move. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's called a tadpole tape cut. Have you seen them? And it's no. like, it, it, I watched someone basically tape a screen up with it. And, and I was watching, I'm thinking, I fucking need one of those. It's like a little plastic strip with a, with a cutter on it. Uh, the, and it, you you attach it to the roll of tape, so it's got elastic that goes around the tape that so it keeps itself tight. And you just put your right. thumb on it, and you can just basically roll the tape through your hand, and then rip it off exactly where you want it to be. But it doesn't take up any space. Cool. Really, really cool. And I was like, I need those. I need those. So I finally found out like where they're from, and the only place it sold them was in America, and they're only like five dollars each go. over there. But there was a minimum order of four, and they all come in different sizes. So I spent like. $50 on tape dispensers. Then I had to pay for shipping, which was $50. <laughs> and then, then it was import tax. And then they're, they're and not going to turn out. They're excellent. They're, and I love them. not going to turn up. It turns out it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, no, I got them. And it, but it was one of those things where I ordered them and then like completely forgot that I'd ordered them. And then this box yeah. turns up and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I was like, oh, my tape cutters. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Oh, you know what I'll keeps popping up on my timeline is the, I don't know if you've seen them. They're like they're like really thin, like disposable screens, and it's like oh, a machine yeah, yeah. that prints them and like yeah. kind of, it, it, there's no exposure. Yeah, it prints in through it. it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I saw that video um, about twenty minutes before we came on the pod. Fucking popping up on my timeline, and I'm like, I, I'm always like, fucking, yeah, it's like I don't the, want to see this the, anymore, and it is, keeps is coming it up. Goko Pro, Goko Pro, Summer, Summer Night, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they do full size screen like the full full size, the the, the 2331 size screens. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Um, they've got a machine the like eco credentials are very fucking good. Yeah, it's also like three and a half thousand pounds for the machine. Yeah, and it's fucking yeah. huge. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather buy a printer and a cheap press for that. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. Well, I did. So yeah, obviously. Oh, um, so hypothetical one for you then, mate. Um, mm. so if you could add anything to your business that you think could, I guess, move it along the timeline quicker, 
or kind of improve the way you operate, what would it be? Um, for me, it would be somebody who could do more of the marketing side of things. Um, I'm just, I'm crap at it. And um, it's, um, it's one of those things that over the years has just obviously evolved so much from 20 years ago to today. Like it used to be you could email a shop and be stopped by it within a week and you could email a band that was relatively big and because no one else was offering them stuff they'll take it yeah. whereas now trying to get stuff out there to the right people or in front of anyone is just so hard and i just i don't know if you guys are the same but you don't have the time to do it because i'm mm. sort of busy enough but not busy enough to keep i don't know not necessarily keep growing but growing in the direction i want to grow you can't sacrifice the time because it doesn't justify it yeah so like i'm constantly tied up doing embroidery work mm. which is out of the embroidery printing and clothing brand is like the least thing i want to be doing but because it makes me money i have to keep doing it yeah um whereas if i had the time to put into marketing the actual things i want to do and build those up it would be obviously preferable but it's learning those skills to be able to do it um i sort of lack the confidence really to um put myself out there online i think i i would want somebody to take that role and do the marketing side to grow the business in the direction i wanted to go you aren't the first person to say that on this pod at all it's, it seems to be a recurring thing where yeah it is basically a full-time job now doing, doing the marketing and especially in, yeah. you know with such a well, saturated I'm, I'm in a similar place as well because we've had the luxury of kind of being with like an agency that took care of it for us and it was kind of just yeah. like oh i fucking don't have to deal with any of this anymore and then we left the agency and was like fuck i've got to do all this again haven't i and yeah. it's just like i don't know it's not it's not necessarily that i fucking like loathe it or anything like that but it's just i don't know there's just so many other things that i prefer I don't yeah. hate doing it, but it's just yeah. it has come to the stage where it's kind of like pretty much at the bottom of my priority list. Like, yeah, you've got to be so consistent with it, and yeah, and you, for me, I I always worry that I'm pestering people by putting out pretty much the same content, and mm. it's going to the same people. But then, like, you look at it and people aren't seeing it anyway so why does it matter yeah. if you're putting yeah. it out <laughs> fucking so we've got yeah. like fucking ten and a half thousand followers and i i look because our engagement the last like couple of months has just dropped off a fucking cliff like mm. and i've said this before on the pod but it had picked up really really well and it wasn't for any particular reason because i wasn't posting any more consistently or anything like that. it's just suddenly stuff started to do better and then we've just crashed again. And it was um, so 10,500 followers. The last post I did reached, I think it was about 100 accounts out of 10,500 yeah. people. It's just like, how, how does that fucking work? Like, it's crazy. I, I've only got a small number of followers. I think it's around on, on one account, I've got about 150, and they were about 300. 384 even when I checked that, last. What was it? Probably gone down <laughs> to now. <so. laughs> They um my engagement 
on the stats thing is around 100 people. So I'm getting the same amount mm-hmm. of people engaging yeah. as you with so many more followers. It's, just, it's madness, isn't it? I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's no... I think you had someone doing it, it might have been the last episode or the one before, where they said it's more about the, the quality of the people that follow you rather than the quantity. I don't necessarily believe that, though. That's the thing. It's I think that was Pav that said that. It was kind of, you know, you could have 100 fucking really loyal followers compared to 100,000 like shit, shit so. followers. Yeah, no, well, no, if, it's, no, no, if it sounded like bollocks, it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of kind of like, I, I don't know, kind of looking at like the demographic of people that fucking follow you and shit like this, like, oh, you know, you need these accounts to be following you to do better and everything. I think that's complete and utter bollocks. I think all it is, is when you get to a certain stage where you're spending money on ads with Instagram, you are only ever going to do well if you're spending money on Instagram because they're just yeah. going to fucking limit your reach because that's what you they want you to do, understandably. They're a business as a fucking annoying as it is and it does irritate me too because I don't want to be spending fucking hundreds of pounds a week anymore. Like, you know, Downcast is very much a passion project for me and I don't want to put any more money into the ads um, because I just want to let it crack on and I'm just going to enjoy designing for it and not have the stress. Like, you know, I do well enough with my print business, but I think we have noticed that since we stopped spending, that's when it really fucking hit and like the engagement just dropped off a fucking cliff. And it's, you know, we've still got the same amount of followers or, you know, a, a little bit more followers. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just fucking social media, man. It does my Yeah, I've never really put any money into um, social marketing stuff because I find that if you look at it, really, you, you either, you, you spend X amount of money and you make X amount of money back are you just being busier to pay for the advert or are you actually making any profit? I, yeah. I found sometimes I was, I used to do an advert in a magazine and I did really well from it, but the profit wasn't really there. It was, I was yeah. just busier, but not any better off for it. Yeah. So yeah, that's, the only that's good exactly side what of it. we found. Exactly what yeah. we found. When we, when we first started with our agency, it was kind of the first couple of months we broke even on the ad spend. And they were like, it'll get better, it'll get better, it'll get better. And it's like, it did. But it was like, we didn't, still didn't really take a huge amount from the brand. It was like, you know, we were bringing in fucking 10 grand a month. But four of that yeah. was on advertising fees. Another fucking, mm. you know, seven, eight hundred quid was on a retainer fee. And then there was, oh, I've got to pay for blank stock to restock all this. And then there's my time and then there's fucking website hosting fees and whatever. Like, you know, so all, I think the more you spend and the more you earn, the more you spend and the more kind of the the the, the brand that bring is it is bringing in through those adverts, it just seems yeah. to kind of deplete unless you're on, you know, you're on mega money where it's like, you know, you're spending fucking 10 grand in ad, 10 grand, in, bloody yeah. hell, 10 grand in ads and bringing in fucking 100K. Like, mm. you know, that's when you're yeah. going to see the, the, the real fucking profit where it's, you know, you've got, 30 40 50 grand in the in the bank sort of thing but it's i don't know i don't know man yeah tough one there's just too much competition out there now it's so saturated the, fu- the future is is bricks and mortar shops yeah i'm, conv- I'm convinced I of it so. i'm convinced of it yeah I I went what to... i'm really really keen to do is sorry Pav. no you go first um, go on. 
what I really, really want to do is do a pop-up, but personally, I don't have the time doing it to, to do it by myself. So I want to get three, four, five brands involved and hire out a fairly big space and do like a like a collaborative pop-up, like in yeah. whether it be Brighton, London, whatever, like a, a decent size alternative kind of location sort of thing. Um, and see how that goes because it's going to be less risk for everybody. Everybody's putting in an equal amount of work sort of thing because it's a fucking lot of work to do a pop-up on your own. Like, you know, yeah. everything from the fucking display to finding a place to gather in the fucking money to trying to drum up interest to get people down there and then marketing it on the day and stuff. Like, you know, bear in mind, Downcast is primarily just myself with a bit of nicks thrown in there as well. Um, and it's, yeah, my idea is to kind of put together a little a little crew of brands who want to do something similar that are in the same boat as us that it's kind of like, you know, we don't want to have that outlay of, you know money and time and go in with somebody on it sort of thing so do you know what would be really okay, cool that, that's, your, that's your invite mate <laughs> yeah sounds good to me you know what would be really cool is to have like a website that you that you curate with the brands that you want as well and you could have like yeah. little little like digital shop i know digital shop is basic e-commerce thing but like actual little like shop thing so it looks like you're walking around a shop and then you could like go in and, and look at someone someone's if, if you've got like five or six brands that want to do it that'd be really cool yeah really cool yeah. not porn hub for clothes oh <laughs> oh i like that but we'll take the word porn out you've got to think it's like something else hub um uh uh print hub print yeah i don't know that's fast for prints on it like we're talking clothing i don't know fucking wank hub no i'm not up <laughs> oh bloody hell oh right well done, man. <laughs> is it me yeah okay uh i was gonna say that... something but i can't yes. remember what that thing is that i was gonna say so it said sorry i, I interrupted you sorry mate. It, no, it's okay it's, i'll let you off don't don't let it don't, happen don't, again don't shout at me later please no i won't <laughs> um i'm going to ask the next question on the list instead <laughs> um what uh what achievement are you most proud of in the time you've been running your brand um probably nothing as yet um I mean, no, there's got to be something you're proud of there's got to be something you're proud three of weeks. yeah finally starting um, it yeah finally, <laughs> finally after four years of launching it <laughs> I think I've made, I've made six websites for it, so I finally got one of them out there. Um, it's a lot of websites. That's six more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> During the first lockdown, I just sort of sat there on Skillshare learning how to use WordPress just to make a website on it. So, um, Is your website on WordPress now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I fucking hate WordPress. Wow. Are you using Word, uh, WooCommerce? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate that. Not, not, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying. From Today's episode is sponsored by WordPress <laughs> and WooCommerce. Yeah, it was. It was just a fucking nightmare when we used it. Never worked. Could not oh, really? get it to work properly. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had any problems yet, but um, we we, we use it at my work for all our websites, so I sort of see how it works for them. And 
Yeah, right. They, they used to use Wix, and Wix was just crap, and you had no sort yeah. of um, control over any of how it really looked on the yeah. shop pages. Um, but yeah, I, I, I chose WordPress just because it's cheap. Once you've got everything you need on it, it's pretty yeah. affordable to get going with. Back to that question about the achievement. I've noticed. Oh, yeah. I've noticed. I'm not. I'm not pushing for your answer. I've noticed uh, all the the episodes I've been involved in so far. People are either really reluctant to say what they're proud of, or they can't think of something. And yeah, I think it's quite like it's charming in a way, but also it's a bit like why are you putting all this work in if you're not going to sit back sometimes and go. I'm pleased I did that. That was a really good yeah. decision. Like every now and I again, you, you need that. to pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I, I'm currently going through counseling to try and fix that problem. <laughs> so no, it's, no. it's something I'm aware of that I can't, um, I can't see good things in things that I do. So, um, and now I feel awful for calling you out on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad, I'm glad that you did because I'm, I'm trying to improve on it. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm think. I'm, I'm pleased with my boxes. So yeah, you've got to be pleased with I'm, it. I'm, yeah, the, the one thing I didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's the idea, it isn't it? I think there's there's yeah. not many. That you, I've had ideas to fucking go with like full like full brand of packaging and everything, and I haven't had the balls yeah. to do it, I guess. And it's so kudos to you, man. Yeah, I, I think the the problem I have with it is I sort of obviously look at loads of brands that. Are, doing the sort of stuff I want to be doing and I I back out of things very quickly because I'm like oh if someone else is already doing it there's no point in me doing it because it's already out there and I, I become obsessed over the idea of doing something different and then I end right. up not doing stuff because it's not different and what's the point so yeah. I'm proud of the fact that I've managed to actually launch it knowing that it's not unique I guess I can to- I can totally see that um, like oh yeah someone's already done it but that doesn't mean they've done it well or like yeah. in a way that some people will appreciate just just because yeah. you don't you can't always be original like sometimes yeah. you've got to you've got you've got to take like inspiration to, sometimes you just got to one-up people haven't you yeah 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 for reals yeah for reals awesome man um do you have any questions for us um if you guys were going to start a collaborative clothing brand, would it be? <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> would it be that? Da- <laughs> would it be called Down Horse or Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's brilliant! Oh, oh. Uh, Paul, you um the the reason um. <laughs> The reason we're laughing so much is because we are currently in the foundation <laughs> stages of, of doing a collaborative plan together. <laughs> You've just ruined the big reveal, Paul. Oh. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is, yeah, but that has really tickled my pickle. Oh. That's, a, that's a contender for a name, though. Yeah. Horsecast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Down dog. 
Oh, we, we haven't fully settled on a name yet, have we, really, for, for what I we're doing? I don't even think we've spoken about names. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we've got all these design ideas and like yeah, the themes we, and stuff, but the name has just been bumped so far down the list. It's yeah, this will be nice for, for the listener as well. Um, so Darcy and I, have, uh, in, in the course of me joining the podcast, have well, decided that we have similar interests with certain things. And it would be fun to do a collaborative brand. Mainly dogging. Um, mainly. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 are we are in the in in, in the process of um of, of working out bits and pieces what that we're gonna do with the brand. The name hasn't happened yet. Um the, the, the idea is as well with this pool is that we've got something like we can work on together. Um, you know, and it's sort of working with someone makes takes the slack off you know gives a bit of slack sorry for 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 both of us and also it's something like we can reference on the on the podcast as well um and it's something that we can use the podcast as a tool for sort of updating anyone that might be interested in Mm -hmm. um in how we're getting on and we can talk about the sort of the the trials and tribulations of of, i'll tell you what name could work what mm. name could work is is the brand social podcast brand. Oh, <laughs> so good he named it twice. Brand, <laughs> brand squared. <laughs> oh god, that was terrible, Darcy. Uh, double up. branding. <laughs> what would it be? Would it be like rock paper scissors over hoop and swat? We haven't even yeah. got that for well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think we. It kind of said that it's like if there's an either one of us want a particular design, then kind of we take it maybe. But then other than that, it's yeah, rock paper scissors, or we yeah. just do one each or whatever. I mean, it might it might come to it that if we got like a particularly large order to do or whatever, if and when it happens, I could travel up to Darcy and we could smash it out together, and then after we've done that, do the t-shirts. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can no. recreate the scene from Ghost of a Squeegee, couldn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, Darcy holding the, the squeegee in a really <laughs> wafty way. <laughs> Fuck off, you wanker! Just do a little reach around. I'm gonna little... use I'm gonna use one of my my uh, easy grip squeegees just to fucking freak you out. They're all right, but they're also dog shit. Those squeegees. I like yeah. them. They're too they're... flimsy. They're a bit too flimsy. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've got a bit I... of aluminium bar cut that was. The same width I, I cut want, down. I want to get one of the the badass squeegees. Yeah. It's the same principle, but they're just fucking mm. metal. I imagine yeah. they weigh a ton, though. Yeah. yeah. Like 10 just... times the price as well, aren't they? Mm. And need... that, I mean, if they're, if they're really heavy, I'm, I'm supposing you'd kind of have to put less pressure on. I just yeah. sounded, sounded a bit like Sean Connery there. You did. Pressure. You did. <laughs> less pressure, Miss <laughs> <much> Money Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got a question for you uh, as well, Pav. Oh, so because you, you print from home, don't you? In your in your yeah. garage, yeah. In a shed. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> do you do you ever get any complaints from neighbours about the smell or anything? No, uh, and there's a good reason for that. They only complain about his smell. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first reason, well, there's multiple reasons. First reason is my neighbours aren't really that close. Um, okay. I've, I've got like and the second reason is Pav has killed them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my 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 neighbour 
is like next to the, the other side of me, like uh, to my right now as I'm sitting. Um, there's like a dirt track in between, and then they've got their garage in their house. So okay. like the, the the smell and the noise and anything. I mean, every now and again they might hear the jet wash. Um, so that's not really an issue. The neighbours behind me, like I can only just see their kitchen window. So there's no there's no way they'd ever. Oh, any issues with that? And then <laughs> if they you know if they do complain, I'm picking their care home. You know they 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 need to pick their battles. You know. Um, but the other reason yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Is that I have uh, a home-built filtration system for the air that comes out of the tunnel dryer. Um, okay. Yeah, it basically, and it sounds really fancy. Uh, it basically just goes in a bucket of water, <laughs> 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 and then vents out the other side. So it like takes right. all of the the smell and the fumes, and it's just air that sort of comes out the other side. And I just change yeah. the bucket of water. I, I've got this vision in my head with what you actually do with the fumes is you just have a pipe that comes off the conveyor dryer, and you've attached it to like a face mask just on your face, <laughs> like like Bane of the print world. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were born in plastisol. <laughs> I was molded by it. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh well, in interesting story actually. When I first got my tunnel dryer, um, uh, the guy said, "I'll oh, just say so you no, know, the the fan's not working on it." And he was like, "But you know, he gave me basically a, a link of, of where to get a new fan for it." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And I had no idea what the fuck the fan was for. I just thought, "Oh, it's like maybe it's like to blow air <laughs> through it." And so I started queuing top t-shirts now, and I was like. Oh, he's curing it fine. I was like, "What's he? What's he on about?" Um, and uh, so what I just doing like, turned into a furnace for like two years. <laughs> I didn't have the fan on it at all, so it was. I mean, I, I, I have a door open both sides. There's a through draft that comes through. Um, what I was finding was that, like, after a fairly large print session, the next day I couldn't talk and my throat was like really rough. Mm. And I just thought it's because I was I print late at night or whatever, and it's just like burning the midnight all. And then uh, I found that bit of paper with the link on it, and I was like, oh, "What's that?" And I punched it in, and it was the thing. And then I saw what it said. It said exhaust fan, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the exhaust fan, and uh, I put the exhaust fan on. I got it all fitted and everything, and I haven't had a headache or a sore throat in the studio for eight years now. So that's. <laughs> That's just me being a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's the only no no complaints. Is the long and the short of it. Do you want to do yeah. some randoms? Yeah. Go on. Am I going first, Tom? Uh, you can if you want. Okay. Um. Uh. <laughs> you call, normally I circle the ones I wanna. We can we can cut out the the awkward pause. How do you like your eggs? Oh fuck, you're vegan, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me do a different one. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Still in the chicken. <laughs> yeah, ideally. <laughs> um, let me do a different one. Oh Jesus! Oh, what's your favourite film? Um, so from probably Gremlins. Oh, oh nice choice. 
Excellent choice. Uh, what's the strangest purchase you've ever made? Um, so probably uh, about 10 years ago, I bought a penthouse dog kennel thing off eBay <laughs> when I was, <laughs> I was really drunk and it was like, I think it was like 80 quid and it came from Germany and I forgot I'd ordered it. Like, Excellent work. It turned up about two weeks later, this huge box, and it was a kennel with like steps going up to the rooftop with like a little balcony that the dog could sit on. I mean, the next question it. is I presume you have a dog. Yeah, I did have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you left me when it's short. Oh, fuck. Uh, That's good. That's good. I like that. That's brilliant. Okay, I'm, I'm now trying to fish through the ones that don't involve meat because Darcy's got a fascination with meat when it comes to writing these questions. Oh, um, uh, who would win in a fight between uh, Donatello from the Ninja Turtles and Donatello the artist? It's going to have to be the turtle, isn't it? You reckon? Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not yeah, sure that I'm not sure the turtle would want to beat up the artist because Donatello was the smart considered one, wasn't he? And he'd be like, Oh, do I wanna do I wanna destroy this fantastic human being? Mm, I don't really know anything about the artist to be honest. Well, it's just like, imagine it'd be like one of those yeah, one of those pretentious art, artsy pussy kind of guys. When it's done against a chance against a turtle, okay, even a regular yeah. turtle, yeah, fuck you, Donatello, the artist, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even a regular turtle. <laughs> oh, um, oh, brilliant. What, what's the what's the dumbest thing you've tried in a print shop? Um, um, I've put various sandwiches and wraps through my tunnel dryer. Oh, I told you actually, I put my 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 wrap in a um a heat press and it just I, I thought that would toast the the wrap putting in a heat press and it just obviously opened up and it was just a, a completely flat piece of mush oh, I, I asked this everywhere. question because i know we spoke about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was it was just mildly warm but it, yeah, the, the is pretty mildly nasty. warm in the middle and completely cremated on the outside yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, what about you guys? Have you guys done anything stupid in your print shop? Oh, never. No. No. <laughs> I once used way too much um, uh, glue on the platen, and uh, I did a particularly. Well, it was a test print, thankfully, but it was a particularly heavy deposit of white ink, and I was, and I knew it was. I knew there was too much glue on there, and I should have. What I should have done was ease the t-shirt off, and I didn't. I just fucking yanked it, and I yanked it, and it just went. Off and hit me square in the face, <laughs> <laughs> and I just had a face and a beard full of white plaster sole. Um, and I've always been a bit more considered since then. That's probably that's probably the most yeah. stupid thing I've done in there. Uh, I've 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 done it a few times, and I'm not proud of this, but I've <laughs> flash flash over my platens 
when I've gone out to over to the washout booth and then be like, I can smell burning. Like, I, I can literally smell fire. <laughs> and you come over and I pull the platen out and the, the rubber on the platen has like bubbled up, like literally like fucking yeah. 10 inches in the air. And I've, I've done it probably three or four times. That rubber's really That's cheap fun. though, isn't it? <laughs> Luckily, the platens are all all right still. I don't know how. Well, they're alley, aren't they? Yeah, it sucks back, back down, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find... it's, it's yeah. fucking weird, but it's it's literally been to the point where it's like the the fucking paper on it is black. It's cremated. Yeah. It's I don't know how it's set on fire. Not set on fire is beyond me. But yeah, mm. that's probably up there as the stupidest thing I've done, just because I've done it a few times now. I think it's a rite of yeah. passage leaving the flash on. As a as a printer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think another one I've done is uh, uh, I haven't hit anybody with my pressure washer, but I very nearly hit somebody with my pressure washer. <laughs> my wash up booth is right next to my front door, and somebody walked in when I was rent- when I was fucking reclaiming screens, and I've turned, but I've also turned my whole body <laughs> and just fired it basically at the door. That was a uh, that was a fun yeah. one. Well, you know how to treat DHL when they come in next, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck DHL. Yeah. Uh, Who is it? Is it me or you, Pab? It's me, I think. Go on, then. It's me. How do you describe your face using only vegetables as a reference? My face or faith? Your face. (laughs) Only vegetables. Mm. Um, A potato with a carrot on it. (laughs) <laughs> I can just, I can just imagine the the police, like the police guy who draws the um, draws the pictures. Yeah, what does his face look like? Uh, a potato with a carrot on it. <laughs> so, oh, so what you're saying is the guy I look like a fucking snowman <laughs> with no eyes or mouth. Which bit's the carrot? I presume your nose. Now the ear. Oh. Just one. Break the carrot over side of the potato. Right. And you then really I guess thought, maybe like um, you really thought this a through. shallot for the nose. <laughs> shallot for the nose. <laughs> yeah, but that'll make your eyes run. <laughs> yeah, that's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, Darcy. Um, you'll go. If you wanted to just slightly inconvenience your worst enemy, what? item would you steal from their house their wife (laughs) (laughs) probably a tin opener oh that's that's a a good one that is a really good annoying thing to be without isn't it yeah um into a tin with a bread knife Got interesting story yeah, yeah. about tin opener. Go on, I'm listening. You had me interesting. So years ago. <laughs> were you a, ca- were ago, you a cowboy that, um... in the 1800s by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go to Heavy Fest? No. no. There's a music festival, I think, where was it? Kent? Mm. On like a, a, there's like a monkey farm and there's like a heavy music festival on the other side and we, we had a stall there one year. And in, in the um, artist, he what they call traders camping area i was camping next to this guy who woke up one morning is that like, anyone got a tin opener for this tin of beans and um i was like no but i've got a little pen knife so he sat there for about half an hour picking away at this tin <laughs> to open the tin of beans and then just sat there eating the beans with his fingers 
And he was the guy that owned <laughs> he was the guy that owned hype at the time. And he still was next to it. <laughs> fuck knows how much he sold that brand for, but he, he didn't have a kid open with him for his baked beans. <laughs> Fuck that did no. not go where I was expecting it to go. <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> oh. Oh. I bet he tells that story on the podcast he gets invited on. <laughs> yeah, this weird guy lent me a tin opener and then watched me eat beans using my hands. <laughs> <laughs> he made me. Filmed the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, it's you, Pav, isn't it? Is it? I think so. We've yeah. done three, haven't we? Yeah. Have we? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, next one's then. Is that me? That's, it's you. Uh, oh, yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. It's that weird bit in between Christmas and New Year. It's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. What day it is, what time yeah. it is. It's half eight. Okay, question. Uh, if you weren't doing what you do now, what, what do you think you'd be doing? Um... I would, I'd quite like to be a therapist, I think, um, if I wasn't doing what I do and could go back and learn to do something properly. Probably therapist. Cool, man. Yeah. Another option would be, I would, I would, when I left school, I wanted to be a, um, an architect and I went to college to, to study architecture. Mm. And on my first day, I was the only person there, and they're like, oh, we're cancelling the course because there's lack of interest. Where did you go? <laughs> um, it was just South Devon College in Torquay. And um, they were like, you can do any of these other courses instead. So I just did media studies and photography and computing. <laughs> Great. I, I, I studied architecture. Did you? Yeah. Was it any good? Yeah, it was. I mean, it probably would have been better if I'd like pulled my finger out and done a load more work. Um I didn't. I didn't complete my degree, but I had a great time. I made some great friends there, and I had a great time. But you've got to be a certain kind of person to uh, to be an architect, and I'm not. Yeah, I don't think I am that sort of person. Like like yeah. you, mate, mate. I did media studies. Yeah, useless, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a year of talking about friends for us. It's like every lesson, you just the teachers went on and on and on about how much he hated friends and how unrealistic it was and how shit it was. <laughs> I'm really It's a fucking <laughs> sitcom, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you got any brands that you'd like to see on the pod or hear on the pod? I suppose would be. A... Um, have you heard of a brand called Dirty Velvet? No. Wicked name. I only heard of them fairly recently. I I heard I heard them mentioned on a another podcast. Um, and I looked at their stuff and it all looks pretty cool and it looks like I get the impression they print it themselves as well but it's um, like quite sort of I guess politically inspired designs and they're okay. all like it's like heavily I'm guessing photoshopped stuff so you've got like a, a cat astronaut with some sort of thing going on or just weird stuff but it's all really well put together so I think that'd be an interesting one to sort of hear their story. Um, maybe Bear Hug. Have you, you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe them. Yeah. Awesome, man. They're two awesome. that I sort of follow. Yeah, Bear Hug are a fucking awesome brand. I love that stuff. Yeah. 
uh, what's his yeah, name? Is cool. it Luke. Uh... Luke Dixon, is it? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great yeah. artist. I love the um, the latest stuff they've released with like the Sean and the Dead stuff and everything. Yeah, it's like, got right a really up. cool style, like got that sort of line work that he does. It's, yeah, it's really different. Like you can spot it a mile away. He's running the street wearing one of his things. You know, it's about yeah. IT. Yeah, it's yeah, clever. No, love to chat to him. Love to chat to him. We'll uh, we'll put them on in the bank um, for yeah. for future days. I think, but yeah. Um, where can people find you, mate? Um, Instagram, Humane Made, um, and Humane Made Studio. Facebook, Humane Made. I don't really post on either of them. Um, website, Humane Made. Keep it all pretty simple. Nice. Home address? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always keep it there. <laughs> <laughs> As if it matters, if anyone's going to come and find me anyway. <laughs> so I've got I've got your mobile number. I can read it out on the pod. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Oh, seven. That'd be your first t-shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling Pav about when you called me when I was out on the staff do, and you were like, oh, yeah. it's Paul from Humane. And I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Paul from Humane Made. Who? Paul from Humane. Who? Sorry, I, I really can't hear you. My, my fucking speaker's knackered and I'm pissed. Yeah. I was in the valley like printing as well, embroidering or whatever. And I, I, I don't, I hate phone calls. I, I hate, I hate speaking on the phone. Hate speaking on voice messages. Hate doing things like this. Oh, I bet it's really fucking annoying when I send you all those voice messages. <laughs> I always feel really bad. So I don't mind listening to them. And then I reply like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, not this that guy again. <laughs> oh, I have to listen to his yeah. fucking voice again. It's like oh. five minutes about DHL. And I was like, oh, that sounds awful. And it doesn't seem sincere just putting a, a, a short text message back. And it's like, oh. <laughs> no, that's all right. I know it's not for everybody. But it's, just, it's just fucking easier for me. So yeah, my, I wish I could my, do it because it would, would be a lot easier. Yeah, I always felt a bit weird doing it, and I'm, I know I speak to some people that find it really annoying that I send voice notes all the time, and so I always start it off with, "Sorry, I know you find this annoying, but <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway." <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I mean, you could um, six minutes could, of audio. You could just dictate your um, messages to come up as text to those people. I suppose, yeah. But it's a lot of effort, though, isn't it? It's like yeah, an extra clever, button. Cleverness and yeah. buttons and, you know. Yeah. It's not, not my forte. Yeah. Sausage fingers and stupidity. I guess uh, I could type into a text-to-voice converter thing then play it into a microphone and record it. And it sound like Stephen Hawking. Paul, Paul is sending you a message. <laughs> Let me tell you about the wonders of DHL. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Pav. What's the meaning of life? I've been thinking about this because I know it comes up at the end. Um, And I decided on accepting that there is no meaning. And, and, and on that note, that. listeners. <laughs> You're going to die anyway. of, Yeah. I, I think I had someone a while ago that said something about how just sort of 
finding something you enjoy doing and doing it. And mm. that's sort of it in a nutshell, I think, really, isn't it? It's just being content with what you're doing and getting to that point where you're doing that thing as a job, I guess. And you've, I think you've either got yeah. to be content with what you're doing or you've got to be content with the work you have to put in to end up doing something you're doing. Yeah. If you're, like, miserable yeah. for what you're doing and then the thought of, like, doing something about it also makes you miserable, then, well, you... It's like people that don't laugh at farts. Like you're gonna mm. fart anyway. Why not appreciate the joy in it? Not not finding them funny doesn't stop you from doing them. Yeah. And I know that's not Maybe. particularly <laughs> philosophical, but in my head it sounded much smarter. <laughs> which uh, which Socrates croak was that again? <laughs> it was it it was actually Plato, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Who would win in a um a fight between Plato and Raphael? Oh, uh, Plato, I think, was a bit of a badass because he, like, most of those philosophers did basically fuck all all day, except like work out and then like do some deep thinking and get pissed, probably. Yeah, mind you, Raphael was the was the arsehole of the of the Ninja Turtles, wasn't he? He was the one who was like a proper like prick. Um, yeah. If we're going canon with the Eastman and Laird original comics, um, I'm probably thinking way too much about this. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't expect this to go so deep, really. Um, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would be a relatively fair fight. I think Plato would, would take it in the end. If I'm honest, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'd just outthink. He'd he'd get like Raphael to the point of being extremely angry. He'd like and he'd he'd know that he'd purposely do it. So he started making mistakes. I think that's what would happen. I've got yeah. one for you. Who who would win in a fight between Doc from Back to the Future and Albert mm-hmm. Einstein? Well, they're the same person. So like, no, that's not my question. <laughs> Who are you asking, Paul or me? Oh, fucking both of you. All right, you go first, Paul. I'll, I'll, I've got to cogitate. It would easily be Doc. Yeah. Because he could lose and time travel back and do it again Ooh. and win. Oh, he, he, was all co- he was also Uncle Fester. He was mm. also Uncle Fester. And, like, he's obviously hardcore because he hung off a the side of a building via a clock. Um, yeah, but so did Albert Einstein. Did he? I don't know. Which one? What, the big clock in... There's that big clock in Prague. He lived in He lived in that main square in Prague, didn't he? And there was a big clock there, so maybe he's hung off of that one, the one with the bells. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Paul's on record, though. Mm. Albert Einstein <laughs> hung off a clock in Prague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Best work. Well, yeah, I should imagine he did. Yeah, I should imagine he did. Clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have, to, I have to think about that one. I think. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that Albert Einstein. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I think he knew kung fu. <laughs> right. I just think. I just think he. It just seems like totally on brand for him to know kung fu. 
Oh fuck! All right. Well, anyway, mate. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, Thanks for having me. anyway, but um, yeah, we'll see you in February, won't we? Yeah, we will. will. Yeah. And uh, I have an apology to make, um, but I have already rectified this. (laughs) Um, When we started like arranging for everyone to come up and uh, meet up for listeners, print man promotions happening at the end of February, um, and a lot of. Uh, printers are all friendly with and brands and stuff we're meeting up with and we're going to go out for dinner is the plan um steakhouse yeah yeah i was not aware of your veganness and i booked like because i'm one of these people that has to know <laughs> we've got somewhere to eat i kept booking different restaurants and not one of them had a vegan option <laughs> and then i found out and i was like Oh, well, I'm a prick. So I have now like gone back and, and found some others that are vegan, ve- not only vegan friendly, but I'm, I believe vegan approved, as in like oh. relatively pleasant. Very kind of you. Yeah. Nice to be considered as pleasant. I don't know what the. Is it. A, is there Michelin stars for vegan food? What is, it? is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. It's just a, a green leaf, I think, isn't it? The green leaf. There you go. They've yeah. been uh, they've been green leafed basically. Yeah, three of them, three green leaves. Yeah. Three green leaves. There we go. I can't guarantee there are, there are three green leaves, but there are like there are green leaves. Yeah. There are green leaves. That's good. I appreciate the thought. Thank you. Well, yeah, the art, technically it was an afterthought, but there was, <laughs> it, but, but it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yeah. yet, and I'm admitting to it up front. So there we go. I'm just, well, I'm just enjoying Pab digging himself a hole there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Oh, no. <laughs> no, thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. We'll, um, we'll catch up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Speak soon, guys. Cheers, Paul. All, right. All the best. Take Have a good care, New Year's. Bye. Bye now. And you. Bye. Cheers.